the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good Saturday morning. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. News Talk 710-KNUS-303-696-1971. Our telephone number, if you'd like to join in to the festivities, you can text into the show on the 710-KNUS app on your smartphone. Name in town, name in town. If you wish to text in, please. And, of course... There are a couple of ways to email yours truly, 24-7-365-1 is via the 710-KNUS website. Go to Jimmy, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page right there, and there is my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is easy. And we will have free and clear in our 8 o'clock hour opportunity to call into the program. We want to have a discussion on what's happening heading into Tuesday's elections and also with the rise in anti-Semitism. We talked about that a little bit last weekend. It's the subject of a Sunday column that I have for the Denver Gazette tomorrow. And it is something we need to talk about especially in tandem as well with the issues going on in Israel. So much to discuss in that regard later on in the program. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to break early. I had a fun interview with the singer-songwriter, a good mix of the blues and even hip-hop and rock and lots of forms that are melded together. Her name is Zizi Ward. She actually, for parents, you might be familiar with the movie Cars 3, she did the song Ride along with Gary Clark Jr. ZZ Ward uh, joins me in the next segment. We recorded an interview on Thursday. She is performing tonight at the Gothic Theater in Englewood, played last night at the Fox Theater in Boulder as she does a couple of shows in Colorado. Fun conversation coming up in just a bit in the second hour. We'll be joined at the top by two candidates running for the Aurora City Council who are not incumbents that are in very important races. Uh, Stephanie Hancock is running for one of the wards in Aurora, and John O. Scott is vying for the at-large, one of the at-large seats that are up on the ballot for the third largest city, and it is fast, fast growing in Aurora, and this was a pivotal election, especially when you think about the mayoral race with Mike Kaufman running against outright socialist and anti-Semite, the uh, Juan Mark, Mr. Juan Marcano, and you've got Allison Coombs running for re-election. Well, actually, she's running at large this time. It's a whole thing with these crazy leftists that are vying for powerful positions in the city of Aurora. We will talk with two candidates trying to prevent that sort of thing. John O'Scott and Stephanie Hancock at the top of the next hour. Then we'll be joined by Michael Fields, president of Advanced Colorado, 
as he joins us to discuss two things. One, obviously, one that we all agree on in this station, which is Prop HH, a big hefty no on Prop HH, taking away our Tabor refunds in the long run. Absolutely devastating. But there's another issue, one where Michael and I disagree, and we have disagreement among listeners on this station, and that would be in Douglas County where there is the bond and mill levy override measures. You've got a bond to fund schools more. I think that's 5B, uh, or to, to build new schools, rather. And then you've got a mill levy tax increase, property tax increase, that is on the ballot, I think it's 5A, to pay teachers more. I support 5A and 5B and am voting yes as a Douglas County resident. Michael Fields takes a different view. We will spend a little bit of time talking about our differences of opinion on this, and then you can decide if you are a Doug Co voter and you have not cast your ballot yet, where you stand on that issue and what you decide to vote for or against. That's all coming up. So ZZ Ward in just a bit. Then later, John O'Scott, Stephanie Hancock, and Michael Fields, plus you at 303-696-1971. Before we go to our early break, though, a couple of things that I want to chat about. Uh, First, yesterday was a big shift on this station. As a longtime colleague of over six years, Stephen Tubbs hung up his hat after a career that spans about as long as I've been alive, which was a fun joke on Monday when I went in studio and I said, hey, how long have you been? He said, 34 years? Yeah, I'll be 34 next August, Stephen. What a momentous career going from being a newsman to making that jump. I remember in the beginning listening to Stephen and hearing him Make that transition, which is awkward to do when you're somebody who's been fact based, who's a news guy, who really values when you're a news guy, when you're a reporter, that idea that you're supposed to be impartial, that you're supposed to be non-biased. And he took that to heart during his time as a reporter and as a news guy. But then you make that jump to this venue of KNUS where it is all about our opinions And stirring the pot, that is a tough transition. And while it took him a bit to make that adjustment, he did. And not only did he make the adjustment, but he excelled at it. And he brought in so many qualities and features to his program that were uniquely Stephen Tubbs. For example, the different sound bites that he would play. Going back into the vault for things Polis had said or our mutual good friend Tay Anderson. Others that had been in the spotlight at various times. I mean, you should see we have these things called a wall. And he would have these walls with buttons for so many different clips. I don't even know how the heck he kept track of it all. And the other thing, too, is the sound effects that he would add in. There's such a variety, not just a rim shot and a drum roll, but so many others. And that added that old school quality. I was listening on Wednesday, I think it was, or Tuesday, when he played, it was Wednesday, when he spent the first hour 
playing War of the Worlds. And Orson Welles just, I remember listening to that in middle school drama class as a study in radio and what it was like back in the 1930s and 20s and how significant it was and the features they would use. You could hear some of the influence of a of a uh, War of the Worlds program kind of style in some of what Stefan would bring onto the show. So it was always fun to listen to, always good to, to hear his takes, but to hear it done in a fun way and adding these kinds of qualities to it that you wouldn't find on other programs. So yesterday, a momentous career of a good man came to a close. And Stefan, I don't know if you're listening, maybe you'll listen later, but thanks for all the years, all the fun, your friendship, mentorship in many ways, and just being somebody who is truly yourself on the radio, which is something I value. As a host for me, I always have strived to just make sure you are hearing the real Jimmy. Not something that is contrived because of the moment, but the real Jimmy. We got the real Stefan Tubbs for six years on this program. And that, to me, is the biggest thing that can come from any radio host that shows the value of that radio host because you're getting the real deal. And that's what we got with Stefan Tubbs. On 710 KNUS, we've been proud to have you. Bon voyage, my friend, in what you do in the future. You will be missed. Now, I also want to share that throughout this upcoming week, I will be hosting this 3 to 4 p.m. slot on 710 KNUS. So tune in all week as yours truly, Jimmy Sangenberger, sits in the chair from 3 until 4, Monday through Friday, right here on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS which is the station we will return to with more conversation, this time with ZZ Ward, singer-songwriter extraordinaire on the other side. Keep it right here. We're just getting started. Feels like I've been up all night. Someone let me off this ride. Time's running out. Up in the clouds, I need you now. Ain't got no place left to hide. Don't got nothing left to fight. My eyes are closed, out of control. I'm letting go, so don't let me down because my heart can't take no more. Bring me back to life. Won't you be the cure? On the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, 710 KNUS, with some music as we continue this morning, and always great when not only are we playing the best bumper music you'll find on the radio, but when we get to talk with the musician herself from her hit new album, Dirty Shine. It's a great tune. I love it. Got a bluesified feel here called Don't Let Me Down. It is ZZ Ward, who's playing tonight 
That would be Saturday the 4th at the Gothic Theater in Englewood. Zizi, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Now, we are recording this the day before your Fox Theater show in Boulder. And the day this will air will be the day after that. But you will be performing at the Gothic. You're doing back-to-back in Colorado. What's it like coming back to this state? Oh, it's one of my favorite stops on the tour. I love it. I mean, not only is it is it really a beautiful place, and I'm, you know, I'm from Oregon, so I really appreciate natural beauty. Yes. So I love that part about it. But also, man, since I first started playing music, I came, I came to Colorado, and I was like, wow, these people love music. Like it has just been a blast from like the early days of, of playing around this this part of the country, and um, so I'm I'm super excited to be back. For those who aren't familiar with you, catch them up. Who is ZZ Ward and what makes you so passionate about music? Um, well, I'm a singer songwriter and um, I, you know, I'd say I'm coming out of blues and also hip hop and rock. Um, I span a lot of different genres. Um, I just, you know, I really, I write from a place place of authenticity and, and songs that make me feel empowered and songs that make me feel good or songs that are helping me get through a situation. Um, you know, that's kind of always where I've, I've come from with my writing. And then, you know, I perform live. I mean, I, I've toured for maybe 10 years now. And um, I guess that's, uh, that's something that, you know, I can go play these songs that people hear on record and, um, and hopefully make it an even more special experience when they're listening to the song live. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me. One of the things, so I'm a harmonica player. I have my own blues band. And so one of the things that I always love when I have other musicians on, especially who perform live and that's their bread and butter is just the, the chance to talk for a moment about what it's like being on stage, because there's always, as you know, ZZ Ward, there's always that sort of feedback loop where you're playing the music that's getting the crowd going and excited and they're maybe singing along, they're dancing along. And then you're as the musician in the band, you're feeding off of them and keeping it going. What's that dynamic like for you? I mean, it's different at every, at every place, but I think what's really interesting is that especially when you go around the country and play, I noticed that, there are some crowds that are very boisterous, right? And then there are some crowds that are more of a listening crowd. Like I tell my band this all the time to keep it in mind, especially because sometimes we'll go from city to city and you can't expect that everyone's going to be as loud as like maybe another city or something like that. And you'll go to a a different city and all of a sudden they're like really quiet. And you're like, wait, well maybe they're not as into it. But I always tell my band, I'm like, you don't know that you don't know that they're not into it. Sometimes people are like, well, be a quiet show and they will tell you this was the best show they've ever seen and changed their life. And you, you have no idea how that's going to affect them. And so I think what my job is as a performer is to go out there every night and try to put on the best show that I can, regardless of if a crowd is rowdy, noisy, screaming, having a blast, or if they're quiet, you know, super quiet. Um, because you really just don't, you really don't know. I, I don't know that True. you can really gauge it from the stage. I mean, there's been times when I was like, that was a terrible show. And my husband, Evan, will be like, that was a great show. Are you kidding me? That show was awesome. People were so into it. And I'm like, really? Like, 
you just don't, <laughs> you don't really know. I, I don't, I, so I think you just got to try to tell the story and try to connect with people through the music and do your best, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. You you don't completely know it. Sometimes the quiet crowd is just paying attention with rapt attention and they're loving it, but yeah. you're not necessarily getting that vibe. But when you do have that enthusiastic crowd, then there's something extra fun about that. Uh, you met uh, you mentioned your husband, Evan Bogart. Uh, he himself, songwriter, music publisher, record executive, he's your manager. What's it like? I'm curious, working with, with him in that way where you, you're, you're together, you are a mother, you have now have a second kid. As of last month, you announced a second kid on the way. Congratulations. Thank How you. is that working in with the family life and everything? Um, you know, I mean, I'm thankful that I chose Evan as my, my life partner. I think that. I think that because we kind of, we worked together in music before we were together, I think there's a certain understanding of like both of our musical passions. Um, he's incredibly passionate about music and has a plethora of different projects. I mean, he has all these different artists. He has a Halloween um, project that he does called Lovecraft where they do Halloween albums. Um, he has a publishing company um, and he also manages me um with why and how management um and and helps with that sometimes he um you know he, so and he i understand his passion for music and he understands my passion for music and mm. and the lifestyle because the lifestyle can be pretty nutty i mean sure you know there there are times when maybe he's in a writing session or something or he's at a concert, you know, I'm, and then he's there until midnight, but it's like, I know, I know what he's doing. You know, I get it. I get the grind. It's the same thing with me. I mean, there's times he calls me out here. I'm on the road and I'm like, all right, I got to go by, but he knows how demanding it can be. So I think it's really good that we kind of know that going into it and Beautiful. then having, ha yeah. And having a family together, trying to continue to do it is, um, you know, I mean, you got to get along with somebody really well because, <laughs> That's crucial. It really is. Yeah, it, it really is because you got to be able to have fun. I think is the biggest thing. I yes. mean, it's just such a kids are so messy and it's so chaotic. And now we're about to have another one. And so it's just like this beautiful mess, you know. Um, yeah. Gotta love it again. We're talking with ZZ Ward playing tonight, Saturday the fourth at the Gothic Theater. Speaking of record labels and so forth, you have just launched with this debut album, Dirty Shine, your own record label, Dirty yeah. Shine Records. What's it like making this jump here now on your own, taking that independence by the horns and saying, you know what, we're going to make this thing happen my way now? Yeah, it's a really empowering time. I think it was very scary at first because I was kind of like, you know, I think when you first have a big change that happens in your career, you're kind of like, and I've been there in different ways in my career with different parts of my team and things like that, but never kind of like being like, all right, well, I've been signed for like 10 years and, and now, well, now what do I do? Um, so I'm right now, I'm in such a, a great place of feeling so empowered by having kind of like you know, led the charge on like, on becoming, you know, independent and like continuing to put out my music. And so, and it's so gratifying being out here on the road because you, 
you like meet so many people that are like love the new album. They're so happy that it came out. And I'm like, it makes me so happy that I fought for it to come out, you know, and that we, we just keep going with it. So it's, it's a special time. It, it feels really empowering. So let's talk about this most recent record of yours, Dirty Shine. It's unique in a number of ways. I mean, Dirty Shine has its own meaning to it, but you have a few songs on there that are like one minute long. They're sort of instrumental. You have sound effects that are worked in. We'll play another taste of a tune from the album in a moment. But uh, tell us about this most recent project, ZZ Ward. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing I've learned from my from my listeners is that they listen to an entire album. They're not just listening to one song. Oh, yes. And because of that, I think I value very highly like their listening experience. So especially on like on this album, like there are interludes, there are things, there are, there are there's ear candy, there's things that you want to listen to the album from the beginning to the end. Um, I think that's a really special thing that, that I kind of, fight for because what's happening to the album experience unfortunately with everything with where music is at you know i mean people are just hearing a song from an artist and maybe not necessarily anything more so yeah i definitely think that on dirty shine i took the you know the time to make sure that there was a lot for people to kind of dig into Let's give folks another little taste. As a harp player, I like when a little harmonica is brought in. You yourself play harmonica, guitar, you sing, you songwrite. Let's give them another taste from the album Dirty Shine. This is a tune called Fade Away. Where are we at? that is unique about UZZ Ward and, and especially this album is at some points you think you're going to get one vibe for a song. So you in the <laughs> beginning there, I'm thinking, oh, there's some old school blues going on here. Then you got that harp part and it makes me think one thing and then you've got more of sort of a, a pop sound going on. How do you come up with these unique eclectic mixes in a single song that gets somebody thinking, okay, this is where we're going. No, wait. No, wait. This is where we're going. I don't know. I think it's just because, like, I am so... I just base the way that a song makes me feel and the experience that it's giving me. Like, any time that I've ever tried to think of something, like, genre first, I feel like it limits where you go with it. And, like, I don't know. I think that's just what's so beautiful about being creative. It's just kind of 
not having those boundaries, you know? So um, it's so funny for me to hear you say that, like talking about the music, because yeah. for me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that sounds great to put that harmonica part in there. And then I love those drum samples. And I'm like, this is so sick. Like, I want to listen to it in my car. Like, that's all I care about. <laughs> well, what, what I love here, uh, ZZ Ward, is the mix that you have. So I mentioned earlier, I'm a big blues guy. Uh, and and what's, what's fun, too, so you and I are both in our 30s, so we're close in age. And we both have that blues influence from childhood. You would listen to your dad's records just as I uh, would hear listening to music, uh, you know, from Stevie Ray Vaughan and the Allman Brothers, Buddy Guy, the list goes on for my dad. Uh, Talk to me about those blues roots for a moment and then how you bring that in to a mix that includes even hip hop and pop and things that a lot of folks might not think you can bring together, but you do it. Yeah. Um, so yes, like you, I grew up listening to my, you know, my Muddy Waters, uh, Big Mama Thornton. Oh yes, um, old school. Sunhouse, mm -hmm. Robert Johnson, and that was just what was playing around our house. It wasn't necessarily something I was like bringing to my friends at school and being like, check this out. It was just something that was like in the house all the time. My dad was playing in a blues band and. Um, he was singing and he was playing harmonica and he'd be like, you know, get up here and sing a song. And I'd be like, okay. And so, and that was when I was like 12, you know, so it definitely, and then he would take me into like good times and Eugene and he'd be like, and they'd draw these X's on my hands because I was underage and he, you know, encouraged me to just sign up for a jam and then just go like sing three o'clock in the morning with like people I had never played with before when I was like a kid. So for me, like really learning about musicianship and like being in an actual band that all came from that upbringing with the blues. Um, and then as far as like the music that I have made up until this point, I have found ways to kind of incorporate my blues influence through um, a lot of the way that I sing, I think. And then also just melodies and things like that that I really love um, and and but also kind of spanning different genres with it um, you know I, I think that my next project will probably be more of a blues and, and soul inspired project so I'm really um, awesome. looking forward to that yeah and um, kind of something I can do as an independent artist now which is really exciting I can just be like hey you know what I want to go I want to go this way which is which is fun I have so much creative freedom now um, but yeah, blues, has, the blues has always been um, a really just just something that feels very familiar to me and something I would say definitely the backbone of my musical experience, which is great because you think about all the musical forms that stem from the blues. <laughs> it's a, I mean, Muddy, speaking yeah. of Muddy, he had the tune, the blues had a baby and they called it rock and roll. Uh, yep. and, and ain't that the truth about the blues? Just a couple minutes left with our guest ZZ Ward playing at the Gothic Theater tonight after having done a show at the Fox Theater in Boulder last night. As we wrap up here, what can folks expect from a live show of ZZ Ward? We're hearing some tastes of your recorded studio albums, but what can they expect when they see you live? I think that it's even better live. I think that, the you know, I've been performing since I was a kid, and I, I think the the one thing that always important to me when you're watching a show is dynamics and and experience yeah. and 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 you know doing things that maybe you that you know singing something or trying something that you don't do the same every night and 
Um, so there's there's a lot of versatility there that I think is is really fun, and then also just kind of I don't know. There's something about playing live where like you just have that energy with the crowd that yeah, I you know cannot it. you cannot duplicate that. Like you feed off of that energy, and you're gonna have stuff come out of you that doesn't you know wouldn't come out of you if you were just in a recording studio somewhere um you know and i i think that's like electrifying so that's kind of what i would say you know i bring to a show and what people can experience yeah one of those things about playing live is you know what the song is and in your case you wrote the songs so you know what's expected there but you have that latitude to just go with the flow and let it rip as you feel is appropriate in that giving moment and isn't there something liberating about that oh so liberating i mean that's why like when the, you know the pandemic first happened it was like i remember going home and a few weeks went by and i was like what do i do with like this this electricity in my body. Like I just have like this electric energy and I'm just like walking around my house in my backyard. I'm going to go freaking crazy. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like being on stage, it's just like such an amazing place to put that energy, you know, if you know how to channel it. Right. So. ZZ Ward, what's the final thing you'd like folks to know about anything you have coming up or what's going on with you? I mean, for right now, I just, you know, I'd say, come out, come out to the show and, feel the energy and be a part of a movement, you know, it's the dirty shine movement and, um, you know, it's a little rough around the edges, but it'll, you know, leave you feeling great. I think when you meet the show. ZZ Ward playing tonight at the Gothic theater in Englewood and her latest album, dirty shine from her brand new cell phone record label, dirty shine records. ZZ, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great night. It's been really lovely speaking with you. And best of luck with all your music and your harmonica play. Thank you. Break a leg. All right, we're going to go to a break. And as we do, let's hear another tune from ZZ Ward's album. This one is just kind of a quiet little one, one minute instrumental. Welcome to Dirty Shine. Keep it here. The Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710 KNUS. Welcome back. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. News Talk 710 KNUS. Fun conversation there with ZZ Ward playing at the Gothic Theater tonight. Unique style to her music. Some roots blues in there, but a heck of a lot of other forms of music mixed in. Good to be with you. News Talk 710 KNUS 303-696. 1971 is our telephone number if you want to join in to the festivities. One thing a listener reminded me, they asked me a question, uh, if I would be going to um, uh, Stefan's 
event on Tuesday where Stefan Tubbs had his final show yesterday. I talked a bit about that at the beginning. And at Launchpad Brewery on this coming Tuesday from 5.30 to 9, he will be having a farewell gathering and that is in Aurora. It is Casey Bloyer's, the place where Casey Bloyer is at. And I will be popping by at 530. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing some folks there at the event on Tuesday indeed. But listener mentioned that and I didn't say it in the first segment. And of course, uh, big changes happening this coming week. As Brandon Tatum's nationally syndicated show takes its home from 4 to 7 right here on 710 KNUS, The Officer Tatum Show. I remember interviewing Officer Tatum at the Western Conservative Summit a couple of years ago. And it was a great conversation. He's a very sharp guy and really has just a tremendous following online. Be sure to check him out starting 4 p.m. on Monday. And that 3 p.m. slot, uh, no longer hosted by Deborah Flora, who is running for Congress in the 4th Congressional District now. Uh, so... As they decide what happens next with 3 to 4 p.m. this coming week, I will be hosting that slot for the entire week from 3 until 4, Monday through Friday. Be sure to tune in then to get your dose of live and local talk in the afternoon. So yesterday, there was a slowdown shown in the economic data that came in for the jobs numbers. And this is striking. So employers, according to the Wall Street Journal, added 150,000 jobs in October, half of the prior month's gain, and the smallest monthly increase since June, the Labor Department said on Friday. The unemployment rate rose to 3.9%, up a half point since April, and wage growth slowed. If sustained, the journal reports, a hiring pullback is likely to bring the Federal Reserve's historic interest rate increases to an end by providing stronger evidence that higher borrowing costs have slowed the economy. The report could also mollify concerns that brisk consumer spending this summer would lead to hiring or wages to reaccelerate. So. What does this mean? Well, let's break down a couple of the numbers per Fox Business. The big problem is of the jobs that were created, which is less than expected and less than last month, a heck of a lot of them are government jobs. Private sector jobs, 99,000. So that's where the weakness is, guys, because 158,000 was the private sector estimate, and we're coming in at 99,000. Okay. Manufacturing, losing more jobs than expected. We lost 35,000. The estimate was we're going to lose 10,000. We lost 35,000. And then going down to average work week hours, 34.3, the estimate 34.4, so that's a tick weaker. And as the journal editorialized, the government contributed, let's be clear here, of the 150,000 jobs created last month, the government created, or the government was responsible for 51,000 of the new jobs, second only to hiring in healthcare, 58,400 by industry. 
This continues the trend of 50,000 new government jobs a month over the past year. Government employment is now back where it was before the pandemic in February 2020. And as they note in this Wall Street Journal editorial, you can't sustain public spending at this level to sustain a recovery. You have to have growth in the private sector that is robust, and that is pulling back. In fact, CNBC also emphasized that underemployment is up. And finally, the underemployment rate, which is 7.2, it continues to move up. Maybe I saved the best for last. Labor force participation, 62.7. It's going in the wrong direction. Our last look was 62.8. That was the best since February of 2020. So it's only a slight downtick, but there's still noticeably in the wrong direction for labor force participation. That is to say, people who are actually in the workforce, either with a job or looking for work. If you don't have people in the labor force actually looking for work, then that means they have decided to give up. Maybe they've retired or they've decided to give up searching for work because it's becoming more difficult for them. Either way, it is not a good sign. So we are seeing finally this pullback in the economy that is taking shape at least somewhat. But here's the big thing. When you look at GDP growth and what we have seen in the last quarter of the economic data that came through for the overall economy, growth in the economy, GDP, you can see that government spending is a significant portion of it. And that is driving so much of this. And, you know, this is why for years I have been saying, don't just look at gross domestic product, GDP, the measure of growth that we use, as the arbiter of economic success. And the reason why is because the government inflates how the economy looks because of how much government spending is a part of that calculus. GDP is private consumer spending plus investment and government investment and spending and then exports minus imports. The equation for economic growth that we use for calculating GDP relies upon government spending, which is basically just taking money from the private sector that has either been loaned to it because they finance it through debt. Look at our national debt. That's nearing $40 trillion. Or, of course, they take it through taxes. And then they redistribute it. So it is a phantom number in many respects, GDP, because it is taking taxpayer money and it is double counting it, in essence, in figuring out GDP. And then you see, not only is government spending inflating how the economy looks in terms of its robustness, but you see the jobs numbers and you see how much of a deal Government jobs are in inflating the jobs picture for our economy. 51,000, that is about a third, just over a third of the total jobs created in the last month. 
Now, even more than that, 150000 in October is one of the smallest monthly gains since the pandemic recovery took off in 2021. It's only bigger than June of this year since that point in 2021. Not only that, they revised down the jobs gains in August and September by 101,000. So when the Biden administration talks about an economy on the rise and prosperity expanding for the American people and things are getting rosier and better for us all, not so fast. Because you are seeing your fellow Americans not working because the labor force participation rate is absurdly low or they're out of a job. And they're looking for new work. And we're going to increasingly see that moving forward. It's not such a rosy economic picture now, is it? I don't think many folks here listening right now on 710K and US are that surprised about that, though. We'll be back in the next hour. Turning local, John O. Scott and Stephanie Hancock running for Aurora City Council and Michael Fields of Advanced Colorado all join us in the next hour. Keep it here. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.